millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that for the month of December puts two Christmas movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious because it's this year's Merry Clashmas Christmas Countdown! Ho, ho, ho. We spent Monday's episode in Gotham City with a bat, a cat and a penguin as Tim Burton bid farewell to a franchise in suitably Burton style. Which means today, one was good. Two was not, so with number three, there were things to prove, and Shane Black was the man tasked with writing this super-powered ship from 2013. It's Iron Man 3. I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl. And occasionally, save the world. So why can't I sleep? You elected me on a single platform. I will defend this country at all costs. The Mandarin must be stopped. Show which film in this week's superpowered Christmas clash will be victorious. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to the Clash of the Titles Merry Clashmas Christmas Countdown! the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. What are you waiting for? It's Christmas. Take them to church. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome then to part two of Batman Returns versus Iron Man 3. As you well know, at the end of this episode, we will have The Verdict, where we will declare which of these two movies is definitively the better Christmas film. Uh, Before we get into this episode, it is time. Okay, I got the nod. It is time for a dip into the digital mailbag and a review from one of you to make us feel good about us, read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. a Chris Thrilly. Well, first, a thank you to our amazing producer, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. Because currently I only have access to the UK reviews on Apple but uh, Nikki has opened up a treasure trove of international reviews to me. What? Starting with one from Jerry2777, 
who writes, Good times. Quite simply, a warm hug of a podcast. If there's ever a live show in Oslo... Yes! Fuck yes. <laughs> the tequilas are on me. Five stars. They're about 20 quid a shot. <laughs> so they are absolutely on you, Jerry. Are you, are you sure about this? <laughs> Have you seen how much Vicky can drink? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't at the last live show. Bloody hell. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. That's great. What a lovely, lovely review. Thanks, Jerry2777. Right, let's get into this. On Monday, we had a brilliant sequel, and today we have a brilliant theme. Threequel, a brilliant threequel uh, that bucks the trend of The Godfather Part 3, Spider-Man 3, Alien 3, The Matrix Revolutions, Back to the Future 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, Batman Forever, Home Alone 3, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Robocop 3, Rocky 3, Superman 3, X-Men The Last Stand, and Jaws 3, fucking D. So Chris, take us on a journey. It's from his fucking speech, I isn't know, it? I can't believe he that's just He told us this happened. last week. Yeah. What? We know that's from your speech. I'm recycling... Uh, Did you not get enough love the first time? It got oh, really brought the house down. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> didn't bring the room down in here though, did it? <laughs> because you heard it. Because you're my sounding board. I tested it on you. So you knew it. It's not a test. You've done it already. Yeah, but I tested it on you prior to then doing it at the live show and then doing it again now. Did you? Anyway, that's because you're old. They were students and kids <laughs> in the room, and they still had a lot of love for life and joy and wanted to have a good time, as opposed to you two fucking old people. That's true. It is. <laughs> and it's good. It's actually a joke because I haven't got any jokes in this one. I've just gone straight forward. Here it is. Right. Iron Man 3 is a Christmas story where the hero interacts with three figures who give him a glimpse at alternate lives. Harley is the ghost of Christmas past, a kid who lacks a father figure, so invents one in his shed. He doesn't invent one. He invents things in his shed. There you go. That's your joke. I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maya is the ghost of Christmas present, showing Tony what happens when he uses, ignores and treats women badly, something he's currently doing with Pepper. And Killian is the ghost of Christmas future, giving Tony an idea of what would happen if his brilliance and ambition goes unchecked by a moral compass. This is all in the cause of stripping Stark back, so that come the end of the movie tony understands his weaknesses and faults overcomes them and discovers that even without the suits he's still iron man so when did you first see iron man 3 vicky i saw it on the telly uh, around the time when it came out and then i was watching i was like oh, i had a really fun time and then i saw that's the, when i realized that drew pierce had gone on to such mm. dizzy heights because i didn't know that he had done that so i'm an idiot and i was like oh that's like, i know I see whoever I was sat next to. I don't know him anymore, but I did know him. I was so thrilled for him. And I was, I was watching, I was like, what is this Creedon joke? What is this? Like, what is, what's he called? Um, Trevor Slattery. I was like, oh, I don't get it. And then I saw that and I was like, it makes more sense now. I, I've, I've asked Drew directly about the Croydon stuff. Yeah. I have quotes. So oh, how did you know him? We had um, a beautiful week in Tuscany together. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> we went, we no. went on holiday together. No. It wasn't like that. <laughs> right, okay. We just... went night swimming and drank fine wines. And we did all of those things, but not just the two of us, because I was 18 years old. I don't know how old he is or was, but... We were at a wedding and I was a plus one and he was a guest of the groom and I was a guest of the bride's family and it was a very little wedding and we rented a villa in Tuscany and we spent the week together and then we worked together because mm. he got me a job after that. And then I used to see him like when I was a bit more grown up and knocking around Soho and then I didn't see him for years because he was in Los Angeles doing this. Yeah, <laughs> so doing all right. Him, yeah. Good for him. Spoken to him recently? I haven't, oh. no. But he was very fun on holiday. Great. Really, really fun. He, see, just, he writes with fun. Yeah. He's just, he was the nicest person, yeah. the most fun, mm. so welcoming, include, just like, never met him before. And I was felt, I felt really out of place and really uncomfortable because I was 18 and that's what I was like. Sounds like me. <laughs> 
What, the, the awkward bit or the other bit? No, the bit? inclusive, the welcoming, just sort think, of nice. Do you think so? Fun, fun. <laughs> I think that's a word that's used to describe Asked me, me a lot of questions about myself. wanted to get to know me. <laughs> <sighs> Shall we crack on? Yeah. Alex, when did you first see this? Uh, I saw it at a press screening. Mm. Um, loved it. Yes. Really loved it. Uh, although much like Batman Returns, the climax left me wanting. Um, but yeah, this was, this was a great movie. And as I said on Monday, my favourite Iron Man movie. Yeah, I was at that press screening, doubtless. Uh, I reviewed this for IGN. I gave a very positive review and got about a thousand abusive comments, uh, replies from butthurt geeks who have an issue with this film. Uh, And it's funny, I thought a lot of people had an issue with this film, but then when you get outside that comic book geek bubble, this film made over a billion dollars, people like it. Uh, But there's a certain contingent that are unhappy with how the movie treated the Mandarin, a character that they love. Oh, of course. Um, Which I'll get into. And also, I was able to put that to both Drew and uh, Shane Black in different interviews and so they respond to that criticism and I think there's some really interesting feedback they have for the geeks Mm, excited and that's coming up right that is that's great see I didn't you see that was like the Joan Rivers thing on Monday he says it's coming up I don't go so what what did they say I wait. I wait. I'm learning a lesson. And I could be trained as well. It's good to keep learning after all this time. It is. Uh, interesting behind the scenes stuff on this story as well. Um, John Favreau relinquished directing duties to make a film called Magic Kingdom that he didn't end up making. Oh. Um, but he said it was fun to be acting this film rather than act and direct. Oh, he's still counting all his money. He's like, yeah. don't worry about it. He said it's <laughs> like being a grandparent, getting to play with the kids, but not having to change their nappies. That was his experience on okay. this movie. Uh, so Robert Downey Jr. called up his Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, writer-director Shane Black. Uh, Downey said, bringing in Shane Black to write and direct Iron Man 3 to me is basically the only transition from Favreau to a next thing that Favreau and the audience and Marvel and I could ever actually sign off on. Um, Shane Black said he wanted to make it less men in suits fighting I mean there is that still but uh, he wanted to make it more like a Tom Clancy story Um, and he brought on board uh, Drew Pearce uh, to write the screenplay with him Uh, this is one of the things Drew Pearce said to me when I asked him about this process he said I don't think I realised at the time because it was my first massive film to work on as a screenwriter but Shane and I were the only two people that ever touched a keyboard in the entire three years in the making of Iron Man 3 that just doesn't happen to the the degree that the Writers Guild didn't believe that other writers hadn't been brought in at some point there was no precedent for it. That's fascinating because Drew Pierce had been working with Robert Downey Jr. prior to this on the Avengers movie. I remember he used to be there on set with Robert Downey Jr. to come up with the asides and ad libs that Tony Stark delivers like in such a casual manner right. in that movie. Right, yeah, yeah. He's good at that. Uh, so Mia Hansen uh, is one of the villains in this film, played by Rebecca Hall. Uh, she was the overarching villain in the original script. Uh, according to Shane Black, the reveal of the actual villain being Hansen was like Remington Steel. Does that, did anyone watch Remington Steel? No. Yeah. It was where Pierce, it's the reason Pierce Brosnan couldn't be Bond and Timothy Dalton got it. Oh, initially, because he was signed his contract and they wouldn't let him go from this TV, shitty TV series right. where he was seemingly the brains of this spy operation, but it was actually the woman in the background. Oh, he was okay. just the beauty, really. <laughs> and so that was going to be it here. Uh, you'd think it's the man who's the villain in this film, but it turns out she's been running the whole thing all the way through. Great. Um, that didn't happen. They just killed her. <laughs> do you want to know why? Do you want to know, do you want to know why it didn't happen, Vicky? It didn't test very well. Uh, Ike Perlmutter is the reason. The guy that was uh, making decisions at Disney at the time, Shane Black said, we'd finished the script and we were given a no-holds-barred memo saying that that we cannot stand, uh, this cannot stand. We've changed our minds. After consulting, we've decided that the toy won't sell as well if it's female. Because <laughs> Barbie mm. doesn't shift any units. And also she's pregnant. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I do the costume department. When she turns up, they put her in uh, trainers to be like, she's no sexual threat to anyone. <laughs> so Shane Black said, we had to change the entire script because of toys. Jesus Christ. But also, so when Drew Pierce says, no one else franchise. touched this keyboard, no one else touched this keyboard, they kind of touched you. didn't you. need to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally went, but you with, the, you with the keyboard, we're not touching that fucking shit. Why would we do that? We're really rich people who make toys, make different things. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Hall said, I signed on to do something very different to what I ended up doing. Halfway through shooting, they basically said to me, what would you think if you just got shot out of nowhere? <laughs> it's not good. It's, it's really upsetting. Yeah. Uh, it's really upsetting. It also and makes and, no sense. And, yeah, because uh, she says to him, story. what happens if you yeah. go hot? She, yeah. I don't know, bang. She literally, basically, mm. the only reason she does that is because she feels she has enough yeah, weight to get yeah. away with it. And then he goes, bang. And you're like... But those questions she was asking, mm. are you going to then answer those? Have you come up with something new that means you don't, you're not going to, you're just never going to answer that? Okay, fine, <laughs> fuck you. Mm. I was meant to be in the movie until the end. I grappled with them for a while and then I said, you have to give me a decent death scene. They didn't do that. No. And you have to give me one more scene with Iron Man, which I guess they did at some point. Um, it's tragic, really, and uh, horribly underserved, that character is. Uh, there were also issues with another villain in the movie, the Mandarin, as I've mentioned, but we will get to them when we get to him. Lovely. So let's do the movie. Okay. Uh, we start with voiceover, Vicky. Oh, Drew. <laughs> what can I... What, like, you're going to watch me jump through a few hoops. It's, no, do you know what? Don't love it. Let's move on. It's, it's unacceptable. Uh, I mean, I've, to the point... Sorry, I can't help myself. Yeah. So, yeah. voiceover, Burn, Switzerland. Title card, Burn. Is it even that important that we know we're in Switzerland? I get told twice that I'm in Switzerland. So someone later on goes, remember Switzerland? Remember Switzerland? <laughs> yeah, so we do need to know it's Switzerland. Twice? Do we need to know it twice? Switzerland's a very forgettable place. Have you been? You need to be reminded it's Switzerland. I don't get it because I don't know, again, but you say no one else touched the keyboard. It just feels like it's redolent of someone being like, people won't know what's going on. A voiceover even in a little bit goes, Tony Stark going, and that's when it happened. Cut, and then you show Tony Stark looking at the TV and it's like, just show the thing fucking did, happening. Like, don't worry about it. Did you watch the post credit scene oh what happens in it because you find out what what this voiceover is no i didn't okay so um it this voiceover is tony stark lying on a couch speaking to a psychiatrist oh. telling his story and then it pulls back to reveal it's actually bruce banner and bruce banner's like i'm not that kind of doctor and it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a funny back and forth oh and he's been asleep for most of it okay as well. oh that's fun do you know that's on me because of course there's a post credit thing but i just turned it off that's bad yeah sure, i just wondered if it would excuse the fact that there is a bit of voice over here saying a famous yeah. man once said, we create our own demons. It 100% does. I think so. I think we can give it a pass on that. I don't like the line here where Tony Stark says to Aldrich Killian, uh, I'm going to try and get my beak wet. <laughs> you prefer dick. I ju- but dick wet. I, I mean, it's too- that's, the, that's what you'd normally say. It's too- did, you get, did you get your dick wet, Vic? <laughs> it's too close to that, but it's also somehow worse. Yeah, fine. Um, how do you feel about the movie starting with Blue Dabba D by Eiffel 65? Really, really thrilled. It's the first it's of many awesome. unexpected choices in this so film. So good. And you know what this podcast does to us sometimes? I spent this week, I spent half an hour watching a documentary about the making of the song Blue Dabba D and what happened to Eiffel 65. What, what happened, happened to Eiffel 65? They fell out. They didn't get on. The, D, the DJ didn't have that much involvement in the making the song and he got the same amount of money. Okay. Uh, but they recorded it in like two hours. Yeah, I bet they did. <laughs> 
I mean, I know, why are lyrics, you surprised? Blue is no, the of the no. The lyrics are really good, though. Amazing. I had never listened to the lyrics. It's about depression. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought it was about actually painting yourself well, blue. As they say, as they say, blue can mean many things. <laughs> It's a brilliant song and it's criminally underused. Um, a bit of fun though. Uh, the first person he meets here is Dr. Ho Yinson, a heart doctor he's introdu- who introduces him to a heart doctor as he's walking through the party. Yeah. That's the bloke he meets a few years later in the cave who saves his life. Oh, that's excellent. And in the cave, apparently, he says to him, Oh, we met once before and Tony can't remember. Yes! It's at this fucking party! Yes! Lovely fun. stuff. That's great. great. Uh, and did you clock that Happy was dressed like Vincent Vega? Because oh. we're, not, we're not long after Pulp Fiction. He's got the little tie and the hair and the beard. He does, yeah. Lovely stuff. I thought that was just his look. Um, so he wants to see Maya Hansen's research. Uh, as Alex says, Alden, uh, Aldrich Killian. Killian Aldrich or Aldrich Killian? It could go either way. Aldrich Killian, but do you like, it? Do you like his name? B? Killian. Killian, because yeah. he's going to do a lot of Killian. Killian. <laughs> uh, he's essentially Riddler from Batman Forever, though, isn't he? Yeah, oh. he shows up all geeky. He's a genius. The the hero won't listen to him, and he goes away and then has a glow up. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Killian though uh, wants uh, Tony to join his think tank, Advanced Ideas Mechanics (AIM). Tony invites him on the roof, but never shows up because he goes to bed with Maya, who's using the regeneration techniques used in Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, a year before. I thought she was growing cannabis at first. So did I. Yeah, mm. I was really surprised when the shot goes back, and I was like, "Oh, it's not weed. Yeah, never mind." It explodes. Uh, it- she don't want weed to explode. <laughs> <laughs> in your brain you do <laughs> yeah. um, Aldrich he leaves him alone on the roof and that is Tony creating his own demons without even realising it great uh, present day Malibu California Tony's listening to Christmas music while pieces of soup fly and attach themselves to him he's drilled outlets under the fucking skin oh yeah mm. madness um, Pepper's annoyed with him Kevin Feige said the love triangle this movie is really between Tony Pepper and the suits mm. um Tony says, I'm the best, and then gets smashed into. What Shane Black does every 10 minutes of this film is do something cool and then undercut it or say something cool. And I, I actually it. find it very satisfying. I find it satisfying. It get Right at the end when he says the prodigal son has returned and then the suit collapses, I was like, yeah. I've had enough of One it. One too many. Yeah, One too bit. many. But I do love it. It's, it's great. Well, it's perfect for Tony Stark because I find Tony Stark too smug. Yes. And then here, it really works. Sure. Yeah. Um, so he's been awake for 72 hours building his Iron Legion and he turns on the TV, as you said, sees the Mandarin. Mad- <laughs> In ranting and, ra- uh, ranting and raving. You'll never see me coming. <laughs> Love that. Love the reading of that line. And it's it's a great line because it's got two meanings because we don't see him coming later in the film. We've Good. got the twist to come. Uh, Rhodey's no longer War Machine. He's Iron Patriot in an underdeveloped subplot, whatever. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's one fine. for the comic book fans, isn't yeah. it? Um, well, no, it probably isn't because they'd probably want that plot to be developed. But anyway, that's happened. Uh, Killian now looks great. Yeah, he does. He hasn't got socks on, though. I hate it. I know. I hate oh, it's it. a choice, though, isn't it? I mean, it's a choice for him being some tech bro genius yeah. that he would dress like that. But it also makes you go, oh, he looks cool. Oh, he's not cool. Yeah. yeah. He pitches extremists. Is it extremists? Extremists. Yeah. Extremists, sorry. Uh, Pepper turns him down for moral reasons. That's important because obviously Maya Hansen goes in the other direction. Uh, and then back at home, Tony admits that he's been a mess since New York. So we've got our, our, our hero suffering from uh, post-traumatic stress. He is also being a dick though because if so she's like, you ate without me on date night. That's a bad move. But also he's outsourcing affection because he's yeah. got the suit upstairs, mm. which she nearly gets off with, which is awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad, and bad buy, and, buy, and buying that big bunny. Like there's something wrong that's, in his head. That's weird. Yeah, but a grown woman doesn't want that. I no. want that. Do, Do you, you not want that? Imagine coming round to my house and I got a fucking <laughs> massive bunny in the living room. You'd be like, that's kind of fucking awesome. 
What are you talking about? That's something for someone's wrong in their head. If you got me that, I would love you forever. It's I, I can see that you but would like it. <laughs> but it's intentional that it's weird because he's gone off the rails. Like, there's something up with him. Every, every, the choices he's making, the things he's doing and the things he's saying are all slightly off. Yeah. Uh, cut to man Chinese theatre and we meet Savin, played by uh, James Badge Dale, who is a Terminator? <laughs> the extremist. So. Uh, yes. It doesn't help that he does look a little bit like Robert Patrick as it well. Does. So you're just like... Is that the T-1000? Is this a weird crossover? He, he also looks a bit like Sam Worthington with the shaved head. <laughs> yeah. He's, better, he, he's, he's a bit better than Sam Worthington. <laughs> so, yeah, these, uh, the, the extremists have sort of turned uh, soldiers into super regenerating soldiers. Terminator super, yeah. super soldiers. Uh, there's an explosion that nearly kills Happy. And that enrages our man Tony, mm. who tells the Mandarin he's not afraid. He's coming for him for revenge. It's it's unusual for a superhero to basically say, "I'm going to kill you." Yes, uh, I like that. And, and Tony is not afraid of killing people in this film. He actually seems to quite enjoy it. I don't know why he trashes the guy's phone at the end. Yeah, it undermines the point. Yeah, because he's like, "Is that what you wanted? <laughs> yeah. like, Throwing your phone away?" It's like, wait, were you doing uh, that? Yeah, were you doing that? Were you fake? Was that fake or was that real? It's yeah, just, it's are you a, golding a the Mandarin? Bad or... end to the scene. I agree. You know, you really are a hypocrite, aren't you? I think the guy wasn't a very good actor, though, so maybe that was Robert Downey Jr. just in the moment. Oh, really? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he tells he tells the press and therefore Mandarin his home, including he gives his, his postcode. He mm. does. You need very it. Very specific. More GPS. But, I mean, he's the Mandarin. I don't think he needs that. He doesn't, doesn't need the zip code. You'll <laughs> never see me coming. And you'll never see me coming. So rockets blow the place up. Tell uh, me that isn't the coolest fucking scene incre- in the world. It's the incredible. Bit where, uh, the bit where, um, uh, oh, oh my God, uh, I've forgotten her name. Uh, Rebecca Hall uh, points at the screen and goes, should we be worried about that? Yeah. And you see the news footage of a missile heading yeah. for the mansion and then the missile actually hits in real. It's fucking, I've never seen it before. It's a great start to that action scene. Talking yeah. about Marvel, Drew Pierce said they wanted it to be about the, the sort of the destruction of Tony Stark and the one scene I remember being given on day one was his entire house and his entire laboratory sort of decimated and taken out from under him. So that's the one scene they had to write. Right. I guess someone else did touch the keyboard. And they also they also <laughs> always make them write the big action sequences first, so they can then because you have to film those first. You have yeah, to do all the visual effects, <laughs> yeah. and then they have to basically that was that's a, that's a thing. You do the action sequences first, say what's happening in the action sequences, and then stitch them together with some plot. <laughs> uh, yeah, but with this one, I feel like the plot is pretty central. I think I think this one has really led it. Um, the house party directive, though, that comes up later. Why can't he use the house party directive here? Uh, good point. I think I don't think he, I think the lab's already destroyed by the time, or it's not in it's not functioning yet. There, there seems to be there's mm. something at the end where Jarvis eventually goes, "Yeah, it's finally operational." Yeah, because it's been destroyed. Right. All right. Um, so Pepper's protected uh, by Tony's suit, and she escapes with Maya. Uh, Tony summons the suit and takes down a chopper with a piano. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the process, his house falls into uh, water. Uh, as is he before the suit flies him away and that's the perfect break for act one into act two uh, with Tony crash landing in Tennessee and so we'll take a break there and we'll get on with act two
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So a lovely bit of imagery here. Tony dragging his suit through the snow to a big shed where he meets Harley, oh. played by Ty Simpkins. How good is this kid? It's fucking so amazing. Good. How good is this one? It's kid? unbelievable. Because I remember being in the cinema thinking, oh no, Here cute kid alert. This no, could be also awful. Worse, like streetwise kid with parent issues. Just yeah. like, oh, not this again. Yeah. He's so good. He's glorious. He's uh, so good. And Tony Stark doesn't pull any punches with him, which is great because yeah. there's no sentimentality. I mean, there is a little bit, I guess. But the fact that he goes, you know, that happens. Dads leave. There's no need to be a pussy about it. Yep. It's great. Yeah. Rough. Rough. Harsh, uh, harsh but fair. Um, it, it, Harley can't believe his eyes when he sees the suit. He, he tells Tony that he's technically dead. And Tony learns about a soldier called Chad who's been a victim of extremists. So he goes to a honky-tonk bar where a Terminator lady appears and kills everyone. Mm. Uh, much like the Maya Hansen character this character was apparently in a version of the script quite important oh my god had, so had a like, role another woman no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> what the fuck did we tell you about toys <laughs> yo do you want us to make any fucking money get back to that thing you call a keyboard and change this <laughs> but, in quotes keyboard no. whatever that is shane 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 what is it true 
I think the line is that no one else touched the keyboard. I think we'll still come out smelling of roses. Like we were in control is lo- because they haven't touched it. So that is legit true. But we have to take out all the women. Yeah. <laughs> is that okay? And they do. The keyword touching yeah. a lot is delete. Delete, delete, delete. Tony does blow her up. Yeah, he does. Uh, uh, and leaves town, uh, just like Holly's dad. Yeah, uh, it's a bit arbitrary the way they, sort of, they survive some things, but not others. Mm. I thought she was going to come back, but she's, I mean, nah. it is, it's kind of a shit death for now that you've told us that she was just written out where she's just on some telephone wires. She looks complete. She hasn't lost any limbs or anything. You're like, she's coming back. No, yeah. no, she's done. Uh, meanwhile, there's a hostage situation happening. Uh, the Mandarin has someone prisoner and demands the president calls, which he does. And then the Mandarin kills the hostage anyway. Yeah. Not sure what the lesson was. The fact it's like you can't. Is the lesson to the president? I'll you do can't, what I want. You'll never <laughs> see me coming. Yeah. But it's kind of undermines what Trevor says later that he didn't. He doesn't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. If he shot this person. He says it's all special effects and movie magic, but could... we don't see it, but they see him shoot the guy on screen. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. Yeah, actually, sorry. I was going to say, maybe you thought it was blanks, but that wouldn't explain how other people see it. Although maybe it just cuts away and you just see him fire the gum. Maybe it's a cl- anyway. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I don't see why. I don't see why killing would go so far out of his way to not kill that guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> not got a problem with killing people. I think Trevor, Trevor's just maybe a bit worse than we we come to uh, expect. You don't know. Trevor might. Killian might be a massive fan of Trevor's work. I want him to act again after this. And if he kills someone, that won't happen. Uh, we go to Chattanooga and see Stan Lee giving scores at the Chattanooga Fine. Christmas pageant. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, we learn that Meyer is working with Killian, who is working with the Mandarin, uh, and they've got Pepper. Um, and they, uh, Tony realises the Mandarin is in Miami and we get a shopping montage oh yeah I like that yeah. the make the stuff montage yeah. yes love that yeah yeah. it's like MacGyver MacGyver style and the, yeah. because I know because it is a Christmas film and when he lobs the bauble full of something I, I do like that mm. nice floating bauble yeah. nice touch so this whole bit here where uh, Maya has uh, done the dirty on Pepper and has said to Killian we've got her now we've got her so Tony will have to do what we want He'll have to fix the formula. This is the start of this plot about oh, yeah. Tony fixing the formula, which makes no sense for the rest <laughs> of the movie because it's like at no point do you think Tony is ever going to fix this formula he never for even them. Tries, doesn't and he? it's like so she needs him, and that's why again when she gets shot, Maya gets shot. You're kind of like right, so Tony has to do it now. It's I think it's almost like. Killian has Pepper now, and Amaya's dead, so Tony has to fix it, otherwise Pepper definitely dies, because no one else can. It's just, it's very bewildering and overcomplicated. Do you, do you, do you know what's going well, that, on here? They kidnap Pepper mm. so that Tony has to do what they tell him to do. Which he never does. They're very no, but that's close what to they, doing. But so they've, they've got it wrong, but that's what their plan is. Right. And he does fix it at the end. He says he's going to, because she's like, oh, what's going to happen? I'm all melting. Yeah, but not like, for them. He's it. just going to fix her. Yes. But it's like... I just don't. I don't see at any point where Killian's plan is even slightly working throughout the whole movie, <laughs> which is a problem when you're like you want the villain to actually have a shot at yeah. their plan working, and it never seems to be working once. Uh, so Tony sneaks into the villa with a makeshift weapons, including that exploding bauble, and locates the Mandarin. He hears him via a toilet flush. We hear his English accent, and it's this great switcheroo because it ain't the Mandarin, or the Mandarin is Trevor Slattery, yes. which is too close to Tony Slattery, and I'm 
So if I say Tony Slattery, apologies. Um, <laughs> oh, Tony Slattery. I know. Whose line is it anyway? I saw him in a pub in Greenwich once when I'd first moved to London. It's the most starstruck I could ever yeah. imagine being. Yeah? I was so blown away. Because it was the 80s. I know. You see stars like that. R.I.P. I couldn't believe it. Um, same back said that uh, Ben Kingsley's Mandarin is not Chinese in the film as he is in the comics to avoid Fu Manchu stereotypes. Yeah. That is the main reason that this was done. He also thought it'd be a fun way to take on America's xenophobia towards the Middle East um, and he said uh, what was of use about the Mandarin's portrayal in this movie to me is that it offers up a way that you can sort of show how people are complicit in being frightened. They buy into things in the way that the audience uh, for this movie buys into it. I think that's a message that's more interesting for the modern world because I think there's a lot of fear that's generated towards very available and obvious targets which could perhaps be directed more intelligently at what's behind them. Good point. Yes. I think it's, yeah, I think it's um, a really good point. Yeah. What yeah. do you think of this twist? Do you have any problem with it? Oh, it's, uh, I don't know. I, uh, the first time I saw it, uh, you're like, ha, 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 brilliant. And then it's like, ha, 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 good. But then maybe I felt a bit like, I wish Trevor just was, he's a very, what am I trying to say? Broad. It's he's very broad, broad yeah. humour. And he's used, he's a puppet and he's whatever, whatever. But wouldn't just another twist where he's like, I actually am this sort of... There's a little bit more to him rather than him being this sort of straw man for the... Mm. I don't uh, know. Because it's a very big joke, isn't it? I'm kind of with you. I just I just thought that I didn't enjoy it much as much this time because I knew it was coming. But I, I remember the first time I saw it in the cinema, people yeah. lost their shit. Yes. It was like, the fuck? I tell you, my genuine reaction when I first saw it is I can't believe they got away with it. I can't believe mm. that someone went to the Americans and went he's going to basically be this drug addicted stage actor from uh, like southeast England and the, we're going to make quite a lot of in jokes about <laughs> English people British people whatever and that's going to be okay yeah. and, and the Americans managed, went yeah fine and they managed to keep it secret yeah no one had a clue going into that movie yeah um, so and in, that's why it was so good because you watched the trailer and the, he was so menacing as the Mandarin <laughs> yeah. in the trailer and you're like fucking hell Ben Kingsley this villain yeah. and you brought all this with you and then Yes. Uh, so I asked both Drew and Shane years later uh, how they felt about the fact that there was a backlash, but I think it was from a minority, but nevertheless, it was a very angry minority. Yeah. Drew Pierce said, it fucked everyone off. We are unrepentant. It's one of the things I'm most proud of that twist. I managed to Trojan horse an idea from Adam Curtis's The Power of Nightmares <laughs> into a $1.3 billion <laughs> movie. And I think the idea of governments or corporations building up false faces and demonising otherness to distract from their own nefarious deeds has only proved to be more and more correct over the last five years since the movie came out. I also still can't believe we managed to get a surprise into a summer movie. I am utterly unrepentant and Good. I know Shane is too. <laughs> and tell Vicky that Tuscany was amazing. <laughs> Um, Shane said uh, to me, we may have done our job a bit too well. It meant some of the fans felt fooled. They felt, I think, that they'd been led down one path and then sold a bill of goods. It's hard because I want to please the fans. But in this case, I thought and we all thought that it was just a very interesting and very layered decision. Uh, and it came out of the idea they were thinking about AIM, this think tank from the comics. And he said, oh, what, if they, what if they cobbled together a sort of boogeyman? What would that look like? They'd researched. They actually had data spit out about the various things that people would find frightening and they would concoct from this the straw man terrorist the paper tiger and then push that on the internet it felt modern it felt interesting it felt textured um but yeah a lot of people did not I think agree. there is a bit there is an element of tricking the audience that maybe you might not be in the mood for because when you think the mandarin is 
uh, or the, the the person Ben Kingsley is playing is a sort of generic terrorist. Mm. He's just saying things that you as a Westerner, you go, well, that's a terrorist right there because he's you can see the burning villages and you can hear this like faintly sort of religious overtone to his diatribes and things mm. like that. You don't look at it too closely. You just mm. use your racism and mm. xenophobia to go, yep, terrorist. Mm. And then it gets thrown right back at you. That's like, fuck you for thinking yep. that. And you think, oh, OK, fine. <laughs> but yep. I like that. Uh, I quite enjoyed all the uh, wasted mansion girls uh, <laughs> who, uh, you know, in any other movie, Shane Black would have gone, and they've got their boobs out. <laughs> but Marvel, it's so complicated. Marvel, it's like, like, I love him, but it's like, you're, you are right. Yeah, Marvel going, went, yeah, about that, Shane. Yeah. You can compromise. Yeah. Yeah. You can we have... want you to delete the... Uh, what is it? You've got a strong female... No, 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 no. Get rid of that, but also no tits. So we've kind of balanced out. <laughs> Uh, so Trevor has substance problems. They've offered him a palace, plastic surgery, women, a speedboat, and more drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That <laughs> I do like the fact he's unrepentant about the drugs. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's good. Tony Stark goes, oh, they said they'd get you off them. <laughs> he goes, no, they said they'd give me more. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> Have you seen the Hail to the King short that they did that Drew directed? No. Oh, it's brilliant. It's a follow-up to this where Trevor's in prison and, um, <laughs> and uh, someone comes to visit him to interview him. And he's, it's, it's even funnier than this, I would say. But it does then connect to the real Mandarin, which they do introduce in a later film, Shang-Chi. But then they figured out a way to make it work. And guess what? It, it, it can work if you've got Chinese heroes and a Chinese story, right? Yeah, right. Rather some American than, dude. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Tony ends up saving, uh, shows up, Gets Tony and he's chained up at uh, at the at Killian's uh, on Killian's wall. Uh, so Killian enters and thanks Tony for gifting him with desperation. It helped him come up with anonymity so he could rule behind uh, from behind and so he's no target. Um, he also says of Trevor. They say his Leah was the toast of Croydon, wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Really funny. Big laughs in Leicester Square. Yeah. Mainly from me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking Croydon! Uh, so I told you that I was from Croydon and I asked him about that line and he said, I used to live in East Grinstead, so Croydon was the Greek river I had to travel to get to the glory of London. If the gateway to London was Victoria, then Croydon was where I had to pass through. <laughs> I've had some great nights out in Croydon and now I feel like I owe it my career. One of my proudest moments was being there for those first couple of nights in London to do press and simultaneously thinking I couldn't believe that I got that line through. It's so great that it got a laugh and that laugh is never going to play anywhere other than those theatres. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so Killian's filling uh, Pepper with extremists. Uh, Maya threatens to kill herself unless he lets Tony go <laughs> so Aldrich shoots her dead. Very bad. Uh, it, it, it was bad. Uh, when I've watched it, it's even worse knowing the backstory. Yeah, That's, it's, it's upsetting, isn't it? It's just yep. awful. Really grim. Uh, t- just so you know, they got rid of that guy pretty soon after. Right. Because uh, he was the guy that was overruling Kevin Feige on a lot of decisions. Because uh, Feige does generally seem to be doing the right thing or trying to. This is a guy from a toy company. No, he's at Disney. Oh, like okay. Permutter. He, right. was, he was making a lot of decisions. It, it, him and Feige were famously bashing heads mm. for the duration of these early MCU movies. And I don't think he lasts long after this then. Although He's perhaps that conflict gave us some of the best MCU movies. Hmm? Where Maybe so, now? just no women in them. <laughs> <laughs> Where we are, there aren't any women. 
come. They're in it, they just get shot quite early on. Or they're wasted in a mansion. I mean, that's great. <laughs> uh, Killian claims he's not a maniac, but rather a visionary. He's all a bit Elon Musk here. Uh, and then he breathes fire. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I like the fact that even his own team go, the fuck <laughs> yeah, is good. that? So his plan is to own the war of terror and create supply and demand. Um, oh, you're... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stark tells the goons that who he's going to kill first. Mm. I mean, how many films have we seen that in? But it's, again, unusual to see a superhero say that. Um, his suit arrives in pieces and he takes those goons down. Uh, Savin has the Iron Patriot suit now. Uh, Tony and Rhodes are speedboating to save the president and the vice president. Uh, so, the vice president... Um, he has a daughter with uh, a missing leg, um, which is how we find out he's working for the villains. Yes. Nice economical storytelling. Did you recognise that daughter sitting in the wheelchair? No. She's famous now. I was like, is that? And I checked it. That is Wednesday Adams, a.k.a. General Taker. Oh, really? Yeah. It's very different. <laughs> She's made her MCU debut. She looks exactly the same, if I'm honest. <laughs> wow. Same face. Formerly of the Scream franchise. Yeah. Formerly of the Scream franchise. Mm. Yeah. Um, not... not- not showing solidarity to her, her co-star who was fired the day before. Completely by chance, she decided to announce the day after her co-star was fired for uh, the tweets. Yeah. Uh, she decided then then was the right time to go, oh, by the way, scheduling conflict. She was never available. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, never going to yeah, do it. Yeah, it just happened to be today. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, people are falling out of Air Force One and our hero can save the president or Pepper. Can't do both. Very the Dark Knight. Mm. Um, so it's we've good. got 13 passengers falling through the sky and Iron Man can only carry four of them. Mm. Lovely stuff. Uh, so this amazing sequence, uh, they were going to shoot it on green screen, then realised the Red Bull skydiving team could do this all physically. Awesome. Um, and that's what they did. Uh, the, guy, <laughs> the guy who did the Moonraker plane stunts oversaw the costumes with hidden parachutes here. I watched the behind the scenes. They had to do 600 parachute jumps what? to shoot this. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. How? take like four years <laughs> I don't understand that's so, insane so what happens is Iron Man parachute out of one plane and then land in another and then do it again if from you're another. a badass yes yeah. you can I guess the dude from Moonraker probably can <laughs> um, so Iron Man grabs one person ele- electrifies their arm and then connects them he's I bar- didn't really get that he's barrel of monkeying them Vicky yeah I love that's it that's all you need yeah that's true it's barrel of monkeys and I was like great makes sense and they safely drop in the water this scene was epic on the big screen mm. um, I absolutely loved it uh, he's the hero and then he gets hit by a truck perfect undercutting again <laughs> but he wasn't in the suit uh, he's controlling it from the boat so and they set that up nicely earlier in the film you yep. thought that was an emotional beat and actually it was also an action beat for later great um, so there's a whole the hole opens in what's left of Tony's house and something flies out um, that is the house party mm. no that's later that's that's when what's he's... this one called then I uh, don't know I this don't has remember a name. I don't remember was it the Mark 42 no this is all the suits coming oh we're at the docks now yeah, we're in the end game now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. They're on their way. Nice. Uh, so we're in the end game now. Killian has the president. Uh, he's talking about an eco disaster. He needs a reason to kill him that will play well on TV. I think that feels a bit last minute. Like, I was like, oh, but so now do I want the president to die? Because this is new information that you were sort of responsible for an oil spill. I'm... So do I hate you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we all hate people who are responsible for oil spills. Yeah. I don't know that you wish them dead. 
You might do. If okay. You just fight. In the, we're watching, you know, a big, do you big said, broad do, do, movie. Do I, want, do I want him to die? Am I supposed to think he's a baddie or a goodie? Like, Who? The, the well, president. Well, with all, all, that's, all that it's trying to make happen is for the president to be killed publicly by the Mandarin so yeah. that the Veep can take his place. Yeah. So yeah. why do you? It doesn't matter what the people think. No, it does. Why does it, it does. Like it, no, no, it does. It, it, it needs to be that uh, the president is killed for some other reason than whatever Killian's killing him for. So he needs to. Uh, he needs another. He needs it to look like uh, an eco group are murdering sure. him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, okay. which they've been setting up from the start of the film. Okay. So this is death by oil. Is the right. idea yes? Uh, so all the armors, uh, the house party flies towards them. Uh, he's created forty-one suits. Uh, I did a bit of research, but I don't really care about this stuff. Uh, Igor, Heartbreaker, and Hammerhead are three of them. <laughs> that mean anything to you, Alex? It does not, Chris. No. And there's thirty Vicky? odd more to go. That... <laughs> yeah, I won't list them all. Uh, I did a list at the start. Uh, spontaneously (laughs) spontaneously that's the third time (laughs) but it's a fun scene with the suits flying the barrels exploding and the supercharged human beings dying yes Um, Tony uh, Tony finds Pepper then Killian starts poking his heart and they do battle Uh, Tony tries to jump in his suits but fails every time uh, Rhodey swings the president to safety. That it's, looks weird. I, normally, I tune out a little bit of stuff like this because it's a bit sensory overload. It is, but I thought it looked brilliant. Yeah, it's very well choreographed, yeah. isn't it? Um, even when you don't 100 percent know what's happening, it looks cool. It does. Yeah. Uh, Tony sees Pepper falling into the fire. Tony and Killian have a punch up on the platform. Here we are on the roof. It's <laughs> good. It connects to the start. Uh, the Max Threes uh, Forty Two is inbound. The Prodigal Son returning smashes on arrival, mm-hmm. undercutting. Vicky's had enough of it at this I've point. Had That's Think too much I do for me. too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony uh, attaches the Mark 42 to Killian and has Jarvis blow it up. Mm. I like that. Don't kill him, though. Doesn't no, because he's a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a good moment where Tony does say to Pepper, you know, uh, let go, I'll catch you. Yeah. And then fails to do it. Yeah. Because, granted, she survives, she's full of extremists. But... That's going to have trust issues going forward for that relationship. Because, like, whenever he goes, look, I can do this. You're like, remember that time mm, when, when you, you said, said you could? And I, I basically fell to my death. It's a basic <laughs> trust exercise. It is. But this is the trouble with Pepper, because in a minute she's going to, like, finish the job. And then she's like, oh, God, gross, kind of thing. Rather than, you fucking said you would catch me, and you didn't. Which it needs to be. I mean, it's yeah. a funny line as well. Yeah. What happened? Next time you see Drew, mention that. <laughs> And it enables Killian to say, I would have caught her, which yeah. obviously makes Tony even more mad. Um, but uh, <laughs> Killian, Killian, says, Killian says, I am the Mandarin. Uh, Superpowered Pepper takes him out and uh, Tony can fix her because that's what he does. Yeah. So he's got some tats of dragons done. That's why he's the Mandarin. Is that the connection? Oh, yeah. He was like, I'm the Mandarin. We're like, yeah, we know. I don't get it. But I just don't understand the tattoos. I no. mean, anyway. Fuck it. Uh, Jarvis enacts the clean slate protocol and all the suits explode like fireworks. Yeah, yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah, like Christ- Christmas. Christmas fireworks. <laughs> Christmas, yeah, Christmas fireworks. fireworks. Uh, so now Tony has no more distractions. So uh, the vice president, the Mandarin, arrested. Pepper's sorted out. Tony Shrapnel's removed. How does... Sorry, I know this is... You're probably going to... I'm going to get lynched. How does he live without the thing in his heart? What? How does he have that shrapnel taken out? So what happens to him? Sorry, what? That, that felt thing like in a his heart doesn't isn't the shrapnel, the electrified I, shrapnel, what's keeping him alive? I feel like we're winding down. Yeah. <laughs> How really, does the man live? Really near the end of the show. Okay, I know I've like, missed because he's, he's, he's Iron Man. Yeah. Okay, because um, remember he says it at the end. I'm Iron Man. He says it. He's yeah. like, yeah, he just yeah. said it quite yeah. really uh, yeah, seriously, yeah. and then he looks at the fucking camera. He, <laughs> Can't hey, help Rob, himself, Robert. Robert. Do a take where you don't look at the camera because it's kind of fucking. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to look at the camera again. Though. 
Really? I do, yeah, because it's kind of me. I like I, I, Robert Downey Jr., am Tony Stark, am Iron Man, so people need to know. Uh, Happy's awake and enjoying Downton Abbey. Uh, Harley's got a shed full of toys and equipment, including a new potato gun. And then we are told, rather than shown, the theme of the movie. Uh, because by voiceover, Tony Stark says, armour was never a distraction or hobby. It was a cocoon. And now I'm a changed man. <laughs> I am Iron Man. Voiceovers are so handy. Did you go? Did you, did did our hero change over the course of the movie? Yes, because at the end he says, "I am a changed man." <laughs> Script writing one hundred and one. How do we know? We could just say it. Okay, let's just say it. Uh, <laughs> you ain't going to get invited to Tuscany again, huh? Jesus. I love the end credits here because they're like a nineteen sixties TV Great. show. Yeah, yeah so and good. And the theme tune is like a sixties version of the Iron Man theme tune. Yeah. And then the audio comes in at the end of the credits, and we learn that the voice over was tony talking to bruce mm. uh who's been asleep the whole time mm. um and says i'm not that kind of doctor i don't have that temperament and that's the end of the film uh i watched a bunch of deleted scenes they're mainly about harley's bully ej he's actually cool. got quite a major role <laughs> in the middle section but i can see why it was cut out yeah. uh cost 200 i gotta be in the new iron man <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh now i'm sad i'm gonna be on the deleted scenes on the dvd of the new iron man movie uh cost 200 million dollars made 1.2 billion dollars that's insane back when Marvel movies were successful. That's well, mad, when it? they were good. When they were good. Yeah. Well, call it what it is. And that's your lot. So, favourite scene, Alex. Uh, well, special mention uh, to the Ben Kingsley, Trevor Slattery reveal. Uh, but my best scene is what I mentioned earlier when Rebecca Hall points to the TV in the mansion screen and says, should we be worried about that as a missile? He's heading towards it and then bang, it hits and bang, we're into the greatest action sequence in the movie. Vicky. Uh... Full disclosure, I'd had a couple of uh, sidecars by this point of the film. <laughs> so Remind us what's in a sidecar. It's uh, cognac, Quavosier and lemon and a sugar rim. And it is a lovely winter drink. <laughs> it's ever so nice. What have, you got, what have you got written down? What have you got written down, genius? <laughs> I've got monkeys in the sky. I found it joyous. <laughs> but I, do, I, really, I was really moved by the barrel of monkeys in the sky when he's like, come on, guys. I was like, guys, you can do this. But that is uh, a ton of brandy for you. So there you okay. go. Barrel just, the monkeys. I'd just chuck my guts up when I watched this because <laughs> uh, I had food poisoning. And, uh, and name, yes. name and shame. What was it? Do you want to name the? Do you want to name the outlet, or do you just want to name the meal? It was spaghetti bolognese from a, a local supermarket. Major, major supermarket. A major shame. supermarket. Yeah, major supermarket. Mm. Really, and, really fucked him up. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, and uh, so I was not drunk, but mine too is the Barrel of Monkey sequence. Uh, it was in the cinema, and then watching it now and seeing behind the scenes, knowing that it was real stunt people doing all of it, pretty Amazing. much. It's like, oh, that's great. And one of them was in a functioning Iron Man suit. Right. Mm. If you watch it, it's on the extras. Okay. Most valuable whatever, Vicky. Uh, shout out to Ty Simpkins as Harley mm. because he's so bloody yeah. good. And so, you know, he really, obviously made his return in um, Avengers. What is he in Avengers? Endgame. He's at the funeral. Yeah. Oh, is that the, the kid at the funeral? Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, him? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think he signed a three-picture deal here. I think the idea was that he might turn into something, and so I think that was the second of his three pictures. Oh, he's got one more to come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wait. mean, he might do. He's been in a bunch of movies. He like They might it. give him something. He's in uh, Jurassic World. Yes. And they've got to figure out what to do next with Iron Man if Downey Jr. doesn't come back. So there's no reason why he couldn't be Down- the next Iron Man. Downey, oh, I love D- that. Downey Jr.'s coming back. 
all the Avengers are coming back yeah, because come that's, back. That's, that has to happen. Otherwise, the House of Marvel collapses. <laughs> so it, it always kills me to do this, and I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so uh, mean spirited about it. But it is obviously Robert Downey Jr. Like it tends to be <laughs> if you were going to do an Iron Man film. So I think to, right. I was like, why does he bother me? I think he bothers a lot of people. But like, why does this particular thing bother me? But also, why is it so addictive? Mm. And it's because. I love his one-liners that Drew Pierce wrote for him, and I think it's very, very dry. But the, there is campy and histrionic stuff in this film because it is a comic book adaptation, and you have to do that with full commitment. And he yeah. just does so. You know, look, being like I am Iron Man is a fucking ridiculous thing to say. But when he does it, you're like, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's me being like, this is all very silly. So it is him. It's just it. a, a very committed thing. And he did, it, he did it off-screen as well. I remember hosting. Maybe it was the premiere for this. It was certainly a premiere for an Iron Man movie, and he. He was the one of all the cast uh, from the Avengers films who just who just got it. It's like there yeah. are kids at a premiere screaming because yeah. they're seeing Tony Stark. Yeah, they're not seeing Robert Downey Jr. the actor. They're yeah. seeing Tony Stark. He'd come up out of this stage, and like he would play the role. He oh, was yeah. basically Tony Stark. Whereas the others, and look, you know, it's not it's not everyone's game. But you know, Chris Evans was never like, hey, I'm Captain America, kids. Yeah. He was like, I'm an actor. Who I think it's Captain just a America. nice thing to do it's for great. people, isn't it? Especially younger fans that like it. Like they. We're just you're bringing it to life for mm. them. That will blow their minds. Yeah. It's lovely. It's like when we do a live podcast. Mm. Yeah, we're like we're here, guys, mm. and we're I've, real. I'm yeah. Vicky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a version of Vicky today. <laughs> I'm a version. What? <laughs> you bring different selves, oh, okay. don't you? To different things. Else. Did you give me a fucking tequila? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Oslo. Did you give me yeah. a tequila? <laughs> Jerry. Tequila. Uh, Gary! <laughs> Alex, MVW. Uh, well, a bit like Vicky, a uh, special mention to uh, the wonderful Sky, Sky Timkins. Uh, <laughs> Sky Timkins, looking forward to his third entry into the MCU. Uh, no, my winner, uh, Ben Kingsley. Uh, I think he's just he's just wonderful as Trevor Slattery. Uh, upends the film in the most delightful way. Yeah. I am not a massive Ben Kingsley fan. No, you're not. Sometimes I'm... I think he's great. Sometimes I think he's way over the top. Yeah. Here, I loved him. Yeah. It was such a wonderful surprise. I was kind of dreading his Mandarin. And then when I saw what was going on, yes, please, more of that. And yeah, I really recommend uh, Hail to the King. It's on Disney Plus and it's only 10 minutes long, but it is hilarious. And what would you change, Alex? Uh, I don't like climaxes at docks. Uh, I didn't like it in the A team. I don't like it here. I just, I, I've never spent a lot of time at docks. I find climaxes in places that are recognisable to me emotionally. A city, a building, uh, somewhere that I've been. Uh, it's great. Docks are just really boring and just seem to be picked because they have a lot of equipment in them that looks good for an action sequence, but has no emotional resonance they, to the got, viewer. They've got posts that you can fly around. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just, why, why, what is a dock to me? I don't give a fuck about a dock and they're also just like docks it's like they're boring places no one goes should we go see the docks I mean people do but they're boring people <laughs> so Catherine's dock is beautiful <laughs> but functioning there's a whole museum fun- about the docklands functioning the docklands. storage docks uh, like modern docks like this dock stop saying docks <laughs> <laughs> they're not good uh, so I don't like the docks uh, I don't like the so, fact so where are you going to set it then I, I, like a, 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 a tropical house a okay. greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. Green no, but like a like a butterfly house. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's my change. <laughs> it's really good. So I always you know, when we did Avengers, I have a bit of a problem with Pepper. I find her jarring. And this is a 
one option to correct this jarringness. And what I found jarring about her is her... She's, she's in it too much. Get a shot about halfway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So it's more about the character being completely always very forgiving. And I find that annoying. So this is the film where Iron Man is like undone by his personality and he starts to... The threads, it's all coming apart at the seams and Pepper's not going well. So Maya comes into the house and is all like, I'm not here to shag you because I'm wearing trainers. And he's like, well, you can't shag me because I've got a girlfriend now. And then a suitcase drops down from the top floor down at his feet. And you think it's going to be And you think she's going to go, I'm leaving you. And you're like, oh, brilliant. Here we go. And she's like, we're going away because I'm so forgiving all the fucking time Mm. that even though you're being a dick to me right now, I've booked us a holiday. Mental. So she should just leave him. So that when she gets kidnapped, like a, you know, a woman in peril, she's left him. So he's got a lot of work to do to get her back. And then he drops her it's good thank you mm. i think also I, do you want to mention the docs <laughs> have you seen season two of the wire no i've That's never seen it in around the docks and it's really good it? <laughs> yeah it's brilliant i oh, know it's okay. famously the best season of the wire but i think it's the worst <laughs> but it's still good it's right. okay. like, oh, i don't know what's going on because the docks. docks are quite boring <laughs> um i was reading one of those articles those articles that chris has on his website that do very well going uh, great actors who give shit performances yeah. and one of them referenced the wire which I, I did it was talking about idris elba as McCavity in the cats oh, musical yeah. and yeah. they were going stringer bell never seemed so far away oh. <laughs> So true. Um, so here's a scene. This is not my change, but this is the scene they shot but didn't make it into the film. I think this is Drew Pierce talking. One of the reasons we got away with, let's face it, quite a few drug references to Trevor in Iron Man 3 is because that's actually a plot point. At the end, Trevor has stolen one of the extremist injectors, basically comes out onto the oil rig and says, you tried to lock me in the cupboard, you incandescent knobs, <laughs> and jabs himself and then promptly blows up. <laughs> it was, quite frankly, the most Monty Python of all the beats we had in <laughs> Iron Man 3, which is why they cut it. <laughs> but it would have been funny you could imagine it uh, but I guess also maybe test screenings were like don't bump off Trevor Slattery just yet because he plays quite a prominent role in Chang- Shang-Chi as well okay yeah is he in Shang-Chi yeah oh, shit yeah I've watched that that's wine for you that's sidecar for you um, but yeah I think I think they mess up a bit of a reveal at the end I think um, Killian needs to show everyone that he can breathe fire during the climactic fight not uh-huh. just before it when he burns some stairs then forgets to use it again <laughs> <laughs> like you don't establish that your villain can breathe fire and then just fuck it. <laughs> Good. And it, sh- it should happen in, t- in front of Tony, so Tony can do a funny one-liner when yeah. he sees it. That's yeah, so that's great. And also, do you want to mention the docks? <laughs> well, that is in the fucking right, docks exactly, and that ruins it even further. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, you done? You done? Yeah. Right. It's time for our first Christmas verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Oh, so, Batman Returns versus Iron Man 3. Burton versus Black. Keaton versus Downey Jr. Michelle Pfeiffer versus... I, I don't know, they all died really, <laughs> really quickly. So, uh, right, uh, Chris... Let's have you first. Okay. Iron Man 3 does really interesting things with its hero, stripping him of his suits, never allowing him to be fully powered up throughout the movie, meaning Tony Stark goes on a proper journey to realise that he really is Iron Man, even without the suit, at the end of the story. In returns, Batman, Bruce Wayne, 
is pretty much the fourth lead and essentially the pointless love interest, meaning it fails as a Batman movie, which is a solid way of separating these films, I think. So 12-year-old me is going to be shouting at this podcast if he knew what one was. I'm going for Iron Man 3. One vote for Iron Man I'm sorry, three. Batman Returns, I still love you. <laughs> that's 12-year-old me. I think I might go next if that's all right with you, V. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I like Iron Man 3. I like it. A lot. Uh, it is my favourite Iron Man movie, but it is no match for what is still the best Batman movie, Batman Returns. Yes, there is certainly some nostalgia that Chris has ignored creeping into my vote. It was the first Batman movie I saw at the cinema. It's maybe Tim Burton's most Tim Burton movie. Michelle Pfeiffer is still the best Catwoman. Keaton is still the best Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Danny DeVito is still the best Penguin. Christopher Walken is just fucking fantastic. He's still the best match, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, messy climax aside, this is a wondrous piece of Christmas cinema and cinema in general. Batman Returns gets my vote. It is one apiece. Vicky, over to you. Mm, let me just drink it all in. The power. Mm. Mm, like a big power sidecar. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Mm. This is very hard. As I said, I literally wrote Batman Returns before I'd watched either of them because as much as I remember enjoying Iron Man 3, it's like, come on. Now then, Catwoman has been has been with lots of us, but she's been with me my whole life. You can see it so clearly. She's not been with me. She's been with you. <laughs> she's been with Vicky. Fucking she's hell. like there's that. A video, there's a video on you porn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, but yeah, I won. Um, but I forgot Christopher Walken was even in it, if I can be honest. I think I, I, think I had. Yeah, I was like, oh, brilliant, but didn't remember that. And actually, maybe Max Shrek is the best Max Shrek. Yeah. So now, visionary director Tim Burton. The trouble is, you know what I'm like for script. The script is buckling under the weight of this vision from visionary director Tim Burton, and it annoys me. And there isn't a clean line through it. You, I know it's easy to say now because we've had Christopher Nolan's version, but you could even do this where it's just Batman and Catwoman. There's don't you don't need any of the other stuff. You got Bane in that one though, Christopher Nolan. It's not just Batman and Catwoman. No, no, what I'm saying is, I'm sorry, I'm saying a villain versus hero, so yeah. as in two people doing the thing. I know that there's other people in and out, but like, focus, focus, focus on who is your main villain mm. and just do that rather than she is a little bit and he is a little bit and then Penguin's a little bit, like, too much going on. Right. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, um, I and I will say, Iron Man 3 is noticeably stronger on the dialogue than the plot. There are some plot holes. Like, he's, like he kills it, obviously, with the little witty one-liners, but... Like Tim Burton, maybe the narrative like got a bit forgotten about or whatever. But I am in the mood to just fuck it and we will kill these sacred cows. And I actually think Iron Man 3 is better than Batman Returns. Ooh. I said it. So there we Ooh. go. I know it feels weird. Yeah, I bet it does. It does. That's going to come back to haunt you this fucking Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so really more yeah, threatening. Okay. Even, even for me, that Sorry. was more threatening than needed. Uh, needed. Uh, we have a winner. Let's celebrate instead of me making vague threats. Uh, Quite precise, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, very, very precise. With a clock on it. Very precise. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm going to come, come and get you. I'm going to come over in the Catwoman outfit and go, yeah, <laughs> this is a different Catwoman to last time. Right, we have a winner. The winner is Iron Man 3. You never saw it coming. Don't forget, though, you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on Twitter. That's it. We are done. Let's look ahead to next week. Vicky, the clue you gave on Monday was... Bad Santa. Bad Santa. I like yeah. it. I had Santa Claus's gunning to town. But, oh, that's uh, really good. Oh, thanks. I really like that. Thanks. I, I liked yours. I, I, no, I like yours. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, right then. Next week, 
What are we doing, V? We're doing Fat Man mm. versus Violent Night. Uh, they're both widely available. I didn't list them. Yeah, that's fine. They just are. If they're widely available, that's fine. So that is Fat Man versus Violent Night. That's next week's Merry Clashmas Christmas Countdown Part 2. In the meantime, between now and then, don't forget to do your homework. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, where we are at Clash Pod. Back on Monday, talking Fat Man. Until then, have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.